Hi, welcome to Talking Brains, a podcast about mental health, books, and what makes brains happy. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Sarkis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Brains. This is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, and quite a bit has happened since we last chatted. Uh, We now have a pandemic of coronavirus, COVID-19, and a lot of us are on a two-week lockdown, So, or we're choosing to have social distance. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how to effectively parent during coronavirus. I know a lot of you have kids that are out for two weeks for school. And on top of the anxiety you're already feeling, you may be experiencing some questions that you're not sure how to answer from your kids. So we're going to go through all of that. So if you could hit uh, subscribe and also give us a five-star rating, that's appreciated. So I also have this content in a written form on the Psychology Today blog as well. And I'll put it on the stephaniesarkis.com blog too. So as a parent, you're probably feeling a variety of emotions right now due to coronavirus or the COVID-19 pandemic. You may be feeling anxiety, fear, anger, a feeling of burnout, confusion, and just an overwhelming sense of chaos. We're dealing with something we've never dealt with before in our lifetimes for a lot of us. Uh, on top of that, your kid's school has just been canceled for two weeks. And you may have been asked to work from home, or maybe you need to continue your job while your kids are out of school. On top of that, you want to make sure that you and your kids stay healthy and safe. So it's a lot to handle at once. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what works with kids when you're talking to them about a crisis like a pandemic. So my background is I'm American Mental Health Counselors Association Clinical Specialist in Child and Adolescent Counseling, and I've had over 20 years of experience working in counseling kids and parents. So I've worked with kids and parents who have been through natural disasters, war, domestic violence, terrorism, chronic illness, and other crises. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about what helps when talking with kids. And this is geared a little bit towards younger kids, but I think it also, a lot of it applies to teenagers. Even though I've raised a teenager, I know that they feel like they know everything anyway, <laughs> but, but um, this might help uh, even if you have older kids. So, uh, so I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about what can help your kids through this and also what can help you. So first, ask your kids what questions they have. Because as parents, we tend to over-explain. So the old joke goes that a kid says, you know, where did I come from? And you get in this big discussion about the birds and the bees and get all this detail. And the kid's like, no, I just want to know what city I was born in. So a lot of kids just want to know just basic stuff. And we tend to answer in the way that we would like things explained to us. So... A simple way of asking your kid is, you know, I know there are a lot of changes going on right now and you might have some questions. What would you like to know? Uh, I might not have some of the answers, but I'll certainly try. And if you say that, you're prefacing it with saying, you know, I may not know the answers, but boy, I'm really going to try and get those answers for you. So it lets kids know that I'm not perfect. I may not have the right answer, but we'll figure it out. So also, it's better to admit that you don't know the answer to a question rather than just make one up because guaranteed they're going to find the answer and come back to you and go, "Uh, I found this instead. And then that starts a good discussion, but also it's okay to say, I don't know. It's good. It's, it's okay for your kids to know that you're fallible and that you're human and that you don't always have the answers. So if you don't know the answer, turn to a fact-finding mission. So talk to your kid about working together to find an answer to their questions. So uh, go online, find a kid-friendly, reputable website and look for the answers together. This teaches kids how to do research. It teaches them critical thinking skills and also gives them some independence too, that they have found the answer to their question. And again, it's okay to say that you don't know the answer to something. 
So also allow yourself to make mistakes. So there's no way to be a perfect parent, but there are a million ways to be a great parent. And again, you know, a lot of us have never experienced a pandemic before, so we're kind of making things up as we go along. So allow yourself the freedom to make mistakes. So in a moment of panic, if you make up the answer to something, and later just research the answer and let your kid know that your answer wasn't quite the right answer. Uh, then go over the correct information with them. It's okay to tell your kids that you make mistakes sometimes and, and just say, hey, I'm sorry, you know, I wasn't sure how to answer that. I answered in a way that I think there's a better answer out there. Uh, we're in a time where it's really hard to figure out what's the right thing to do and how to act and how to behave. And it can be really overwhelming. So just cut yourself some slack that we're all kind of doing this on the fly right now. So uh, you are a good parent or you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. So keep in mind that you're already doing all the things you probably need to do and you're doing okay and your kids are going to be okay. So also just be prepared also for unanswerable questions. So your kids may ask you what role God or another higher power had in the virus. Uh, kids have asked me in counseling when they've gone through trauma, uh, was the, my higher power angry or did they make this happen as a way to punish us? So I have had kids ask me that. Uh, other kids think that they were responsible for catastrophe happening or that their sibling did something. Like if my sibling didn't hit me, this you know hurricane wouldn't have happened. I've heard that from some kids. So it's very normal for kids to feel that way during a crisis that either they or their siblings have done something to cause things. Because as kids, we tend to be egocentric, which is kind of how we're supposed to be. Uh, that's wired into us. It's is that we they feel like they have a lot of control over how things work. And the reason why that is the way it is, is to make sure that as kids, we get the resources that we need, like food, shelter. And that's why we're egocentric. So keep in mind that if kids are blaming themselves or blaming other people for something, that's a normal reaction. And also we try to make sense out of stuff. And in kid brains, you know, their frontal lobes aren't fully wired together yet with neurons. So they may make some decisions there or make some opinions that may not be fully thought about. And that's completely normal. So uh, again, the reason why we come up with the reason why things happen is we, we don't have a lot of control over things in life and we try to find something that, that helps us get control. So it's okay to answer I don't know to your kids when you don't know the answer to a question. If it's a spiritual question, it may be helpful to talk with your clergy about the best way to answer. Uh, also, consider telling your kid that sometimes things just happen and you're, you're going to do your best to protect them. And we'll talk also about when kids are feeling, you know, they want an answer that you're going to be able to protect them 100%. We'll talk about how to deal with that. So also acknowledge your kids' fears. So let kids, it's okay to not be okay. Uh, tell them it's okay to have a lot of different feelings at once. I have a feeling wheel and also a feeling chart where I have pictures of little cartoon faces and expressions and it has the name of the feeling under them. And so I think that helps when you talk to kids about what emotions they're feeling. And again, if we come from the perspective of you can feel more than one thing at a time, I think that's really helpful. So also for really little guys, I recommend drawing three faces on a piece of paper, a smiley face, a smiley face, but with a straight mouth, like the emoji with the straight mouth, and also a, a smiley face, but with a frown instead. And you can just ask the kids which one they're feeling like today. And you can even have them point to it or circle it. And I think it's a great way to start talking about feelings. And also it kind of helps you keep track of how your kids are doing from day to day. So let your kids know that feeling sad, angry, and afraid right now are very normal feelings to have. And talk about how these feelings can come and go depending on what's happening that day. And if your kids ask you, 
if you feel scared yourself, it's okay to be honest and say sometimes, but here's how I'm helping myself deal with that. And you can talk about how you're helping with stress reduction or practice deep breathing with your kids. Or one of the things I teach people to do is in times of stress, or if you're feeling a panic attack coming on is to name three things you can see, three things you can feel, and three things you can hear. Again, that's three things you can see, three things you can feel, and three things you can hear. And what that does is it helps you uh, stay back, stay grounded in the moment. And you practice that as many times as you need to to get back to baseline is what I call it. So also just spend time with your kids. So during the pandemic, your kids are most likely just to want to spend time with you and not even talk about stuff, but just know that you're present. So if your kid's school is having online classes as part of a regular school schedule, because I know some schools are still holding class hours from like eight to four or eight to three and they're having kids do everything online make sure that during there that there's a break and you and your kid can have a fun activity together or you can have a fun activity later on during the day and do something unstructured meaning just play together without an agenda or an activity plan kids really just need to be able to act out their stuff they tend to do that through play they work through their issues and their stress so, and also if they choose the activity themselves, it helps them get a sense of mastery when otherwise they're feeling right now like a lot of things are out of their control. So also you wanna keep your anger in check, which this can be easier said than done, but usually kids don't really care, aren't aware what your feelings are about how we got to this point, how we have an uncontrolled pandemic. Uh, and they may have heard you talking to your partner, spouse, or to friends about your frustrations. And you have every right to be angry and even enraged that we weren't protected weeks ago when warning signs first emerged. Uh, we should have never gotten to this point. And I think that's a realistic feeling to have is feelings of anger about that. Uh, but chances are your kids aren't aware of the decisions that were made and not made on a, on a federal level that led to this. Uh, you may be wondering how you're going to make ends meet this month. I know a lot of people are concerned about that, especially when your, your workplaces have shut down. So, but I'm going to be really clear about this, that keep that in check when talking with your kids. So you may not be able to do the same things with your kids as you used to do because money is really tight this month or next month. And there's a big difference between calmly saying, you know, we won't be able to get that toy this month or saying we're running out of money. So running out of money is an adult situation that kids don't need to know about. Um, they're already feeling stressed and you are too, but so don't involve them in situations that have nothing to do with them. And above all, never link your child's existence or needs to your lack of money. So if you say something like, oh, you kids are so expensive or... Um, you know, if it wasn't for your school, you know, we would be able to afford blah, blah, blah. And make sure you never say that to your kid because your kid's already stressed out right now. And I know you're stressed too, but really keep that anger in check. And if you, if you're feeling sense of anger or feeling a real, um, sense of powerlessness, talk to someone about it. Talk to your friends, talk to your family, uh, meaning not your kids and not, don't have your kids in earshot. Uh, and also a lot of mental health counselors, including myself, are doing online counseling, uh, for the next couple of weeks at least. So talk with someone about that and try to not get your kid involved in that. I know that's hard to, to kind of, you don't want to hide it, but you also want to make sure that you've got that under control. So also be truthful about your ability to protect your kids. So kids inherently feel that you'll always be there to protect them. When that worldview is shattered, such as when a parent dies, it can throw kids into total chaos. So if your kids ask you if you can stop them from getting sick, let them know you're doing everything in your power to make sure that they stay healthy. Then talk about all the things you're doing together as a family at home, such as washing hands thoroughly and wiping down surfaces. 
And if you have to go to work during this time, let them know that you're not shaking hands with anyone and you're keeping your hands away from your face and whatever else you're doing. Uh, tell them that you'll do what's ever in your power to help them stay healthy. But sometimes people get sick and that's no one's fault and let them know that most people they get COVID-19 and that's the illness that's as a result of this type of coronavirus. They'll have something similar to the cold or flu and they'll recover pretty much just fine. Uh, that's about, I think the latest statistic, about 88% of people are going to have either no symptoms, be asymptomatic, or they are going to have just a regular cold or flu. Uh, so remind them of a time that they had a cold or flu so they have an accurate idea of what that's like in their minds. And also let them know that scientists are working hard to find um, the solution to this virus. Uh, and also that kids are tending to either be asymptomatic or when they get the virus, they're healing rather quickly from it. Thank goodness. So, But if you do have a kid with risk factors such as having asthma, which I have asthma. So, so people with lung diseases like asthma or weakened immune systems are at higher risk. Uh, from coronavirus or COVID-19. So if you do have a kid that does have risk factors, uh, let them know that you're taking extra precautions to limit their exposure to the virus. And also talk with them more about how you're working to protect them and what they can do to help protect themselves too. Uh, make sure you're in charge of your child taking their medicine and watch them take it. So this is not the time to have your, ki your kid be in charge of their medicine uh, because uh, if your kid knows that having a compromised immune system may make them sick, they may stop taking the medication that like corticosteroid that weakens their immune system because logically kids think, well, if I'm getting sick from, from my immune system being compromised and I need to stop the medicine that compromises my immune system. So you have to be really careful about that. The kids will sometimes try to stop their medicine. And again, just because they get scared, which I think is a really normal feeling to have. So again, don't have your kids be in charge of your medicine. And also if your kid's been aware of their medical issue for some time, uh, he or she probably already is well aware of the precautions they need to take. Uh, but again, make sure that they are taking their medication as directed. And if you have a question about your child's immune system, call your doctor, call your child's prescriber and ask them about how the medication is gonna impact them and any extra precautions you can take. Also, answer questions about separation anxiety. So eventually school will be back in session, and most likely before the threat of uh, COVID-19 is gone. The peak of the infection is thought to be likely in June or July. We're gonna have a couple waves of this. Uh, so right now, the reason why we're in quarantine or self-quarantine for two weeks is that we're trying to not have it peak so that so many people are sick at the same time. So you wanna, what's called flatten the curve of the, of the disease or virus. So, uh, your kid, when school gets back in a swing, may be afraid to be away from you. This is a very normal feeling to have. You may also not want to be away from your kid, and that's a normal feeling for a parent to have. So just keep in mind if you're having those feelings and talk to your friends or a mental health counselor if you're experiencing a real sense of dread at your kids going back to school. And also talk with the school about precautions that they are taking when school's back in session. Just really get educated about what they're doing to make sure that kids are staying healthy. So uh, if you have to work during the pandemic, your kids will naturally be concerned if you're gonna get sick. Some kids will wonder if you're gonna be coming home because they may have seen stuff on the news. Uh, so tell them the precautions you're taking at work, especially if you're in the medical field. And let them know that a lot of parents are working to help people feel better and quite a few of them have been okay from this. So also continue social contact through video for your kids. So your kids may ask when they can see their friends again, tell them that they can just in a different way for a while. So the beauty of living in this day and age is that we have easy access to playmates and friends through online video. You can set up a play date where you're, you and your child 
or another child engage in parallel play. And that's where your kids play separately, but in the same space, or in this case, you know, I'm sharing a screen. Uh, it's a stage of developmental process to do parallel play before we do interactive play. So the good news is your kids aren't learning a new way to interact. So, and many kids are already communicating over the internet or playing games with their friends online. So they may adapt quicker than you expect. Also turn off the news when your kids are home. It's important for us to keep up to date. And the news is a lot of information though that kids don't need to know. It creates a lot of anxiety. So part of our job as parents is to filter that information so that kids' questions are answered, but answered gently and lovingly and not with all the detail that the news can bring. So kids don't need to be exposed to constant news. You read the news on your tablet, on your own time, and don't leave news stories open for your kids to read. So pay attention to how much you're watching the news and check in to see if that's impacting your level of anxiety because studies have found that if you watch the news, you have you can have an exaggerated view of crime and your uh, and also other issues in your city, county, state, and country. So uh, keep in mind that we need to kind of curb uh, how much information we're taking in because they can increase anxiety. Again, education is important, but we also don't want to overload ourselves. And make sure you're looking at a reputable source. And there are resources for kids available on this that have factual information. Just check those out before you introduce those to your kids. So also have structure during the day, but to a point. So it's important to keep kids on a schedule, like you know, continue to get up, eat breakfast, take a shower, bath, brush your teeth, et cetera, and do schoolwork if it's been assigned. But keep in mind that kids will need more time than usual to just be silly and unwind. So yeah, having a structure to your day is important, but also be flexible about it. So everyone can be a little crankier than usual and spend some time just having your kids be kids. Spend some time outside, preferably in open spaces, limited social contact, but just let your kids just kind of cut loose a while. Because again, people are under a pressure cooker right now, so we really need time just to let everything just hang out. And also, it's really important that you practice good self-care. So one of the best things we can do is take good care of ourselves, both physically and emotionally. And that means taking extra good care of ourselves during a crisis. Because kids watch us like a hawk for what they're supposed to do in a time of a lot of stress. And you want to be a role model for teaching them appropriate virus prevention skills like washing your hands and appropriate stress reduction skills. So have your kids join you for a round of deep breathing. And it also means that good self-care means taking some time out for you as a parent. So you can take a parent time out when you need to and have kind of a relief person, I call it, where you can trade off kid watching time so you can each take a break. So it might be a friend, neighbor that you guys can watch each other's kids. So each of you just has some time to unwind. So, and also keep in mind that things are pretty rough right now and for the foreseeable future, things might continue to get rough, uh, but there will be a time in the future when this will pass, so keep that in mind. Uh, you and your kids most likely will be okay even if you do contract uh, COVID-19. A majority of people uh, are experiencing flu or cold symptoms and they are being resolved. So uh, in the meantime, be easy on yourself. Everyone is trying to cope with this with no practice. And you, again, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are already a good parent. So uh, keep up the good work and your kids will understand. Kids are pretty resilient and flexible. So also, if you're feeling overwhelmed, know that many mental health counselors are available via video, including me. I have HIPAA compliant video. So there are a lot of us that are still continuing to help people during this time and and hang in there and stay healthy and safe. And again, there's only so much we have control over. So I wish you the best and I hope you stay healthy. So that ends our podcast episode for today on effective parenting during coronavirus or COVID-19. So I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Sarkis. And if you can please hit that subscribe button 
and also give us a five-star rating. It's appreciated. And this podcast, both in written and audio form, uh, also on Psychology Today, will be at my website, stephaniesarkis.com, on the blog tab. So again, stay safe and healthy, and I will talk to you soon.